Happy New Year all and welcome to The Rate Debate. I'm Darren Langer, co-head of Fixed Income at Yarra Capital and joining me is Jessica Wren who helps manage our Australian bond strategy. Hello everyone and thank you for having me Darren. I'm very excited to be back and see what this year will bring. So the RBA has held its first meeting in 2024 and they've held a press conference as well along with that. And as largely expected, they've kept rates uh, steady at 435. I, I guess after two days of meetings, we have a mild tightening bias and lots of uncertainty is how I kind of read the statement. We're seeing signs of improvement in inflation and slower growth, but insufficient to call the end of the rate cycle. Also, their statements seem relatively consistent with our feeling that, you know, any rate changes are going to come in the second half of this year, not earlier as perhaps the market was speculating. But, you know, my view is ultimately that, you know, the Fed's going to drive things from here rather than the RBA. Was there anything in the statement that you saw, Jess, that was interesting? Yeah, I agree with you there, Darren. I think the RBA really wants to send out a message that they don't want to say the inflation battle is won just yet. They've mentioned that, you know, although inflation has come down in the CPI number that we saw just last week, inflation still remains high at a four handle. So one thing that they really highlighted this time around as they have done in the previous meetings is that sticky services inflation. We heard from Governor Bullock's commentary both after the meeting in the press conference and also in the statement, it seems that the RBA is still quite concerned about that services inflation side. And that's going to be the one key thing that they will be looking out for in the next couple of data releases. Yeah, to me, that seems rather conservative. I mean, if you look at a graph of inflation, it went up really fast. Obviously, as goods took off, services are slowly coming off, goods are coming off rapidly. I think the RBA is being way too conservative on that. But you know, I guess time will tell, but they, they definitely seem to not want the market to start pricing in cuts earlier than they want, which is later on this year, I assume. Yeah, that just makes me think about something that really came from the review of the RBA last year and the reason why they've sort of changed the structure of everything is I think the RBA really wants to do better communication to the general public, especially to those who aren't really following markets and the economy as closely as people like us. One of the things that the RBA has changed about their wording and their goals essentially is that inflation target. So the previously the target band was sort of between 2 to 3%. Now that they've changed the wording on that target a little bit to the midpoint of 2 3% with flexibility and that they want inflation to return to the middle of the target band within a reasonable time frame. I think the RBA would rather keep rates on hold for a bit longer just to make sure inflation is being cooled and is going to stay there sustainably. And don't forget, they have got those nice new pretty graphics in their uh, statement, which are very nice. <laughs> Funny that you mentioned that. If we look at the statement of monetary policy, the front page, yeah, definitely. The interns put in some quite interesting infographics, which I think is a good thing. It makes it much easier for the everyday person to go into the website and see what the RBA is concerned about and what they're trying to do. What I also liked was in their policy decision statement, they've also outlined the three points that they really wanted to emphasise, which is inflation continues to moderate, remains high, and that they see the outlook as still highly uncertain. And their main focus is to return inflation to target. Yeah, they certainly use the word uncertain about five or six times. Um, so we're, we're in no doubt that they're uncertain, which makes me wonder about their forecasting ability. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens over the rest of the year. I mean, when it comes down to the economy, there's probably three main things the RBA is looking at. They're looking at what's happening with inflation, with unemployment and 
same with growth. Apart from uncertain, they, they seem pretty confident that inflation is dropping but not fast enough. They think employment's going to worsen, so unemployment go up, but they're also certain that growth is going to weaken. Still seem to find it difficult to understand in that environment how they can be certain that inflation's going to hold up. Generally, if you've got unemployment going up, and growth coming off, inflation's going to weaken as well. Why do you think they're reluctant to to call that final pin? Yeah, one of the things that I think the RBA is really worried about is for consumers to think that you know rate cuts are going to come soon so they start to spend again. There's definitely a risk with sort of if employment starts to tick up, we're going to see a slowdown in growth. But as the RBA governor has said a number of times, it's that inflation expectation that also drives the economy as well. So with unemployment rate at 3.9%, it's still relatively low at face value. But, you know, we've been hearing about in redundancies and you know people not being able to work as many hours as they'd like, especially with full-time employment dropping. So it really shows that the labour market may be not as strong as what the RBA thinks. And that could be a risk going forward. Yeah, and we're seeing similar things in the US. Hours worked is dropping, even though we're seeing record payroll numbers in the US. You know, it remains to be seen whether that's a seasonal factor, which it could be, particularly with Christmas. But, you know, there's certainly storm clouds on the horizon. And, you know, unemployment's probably been the one thing that surprised us the most. It stayed a lot lower than we would have thought at this stage of the cycle. And that's probably the one thing the RBA and many other central banks are still holding their, their hat out, hoping for a soft landing. Yeah, definitely. That growth story is something to consider going ahead. Do you think there are any other risks to what's happening globally that could also affect central banks? I'm a bond manager. There's risks everywhere. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> to put seriously, though, I think the economy is, is always something we concentrate a lot on. But you know, looking around the world at the moment, there's a lot of geopolitical instability. You know, we, we've seen the Middle East start to become a problem. You've got the Houthis now starting to risk shipping um, through the Red Sea. That could reignite inflation, you know, if that went on long enough or all got nasty enough. The Ukraine-Russia situation still bubbling on the background. You know, that caused food price inflation at various stages. That could well blow back up again. And I think a lot of that will come back down to around the US election later on this year. If Donald Trump was to win that election again, which seems a high probability, you know, he could change the way the the political landscape is at the moment. And we could end up seeing some of those things worsen just because US foreign policy changes. So I think, you know, it's something to keep an eye on. It's a fairly, I wouldn't say it's not a low probability event, but it's something that you can't really know until it happens but that's the one thing that's probably in the back of my mind that could derail where we're heading in this year and could either a force us to re-tighten rates but it could also mean we get rate cuts you know much faster and harder particularly if the global economy is heavily affected by what happens. Yeah, and as Michelle Bullock just said in her press conference, central banks can't really act on what they can't predict, right? Well, given their inflation forecast that I saw, they can't predict that either. (laughs) She only has a 5 out of 10 confidence in the forecast, yeah. So Jess, given everything that we've heard, the RBA seems pretty benign going forward. We think the Fed matters more over the next couple of months. What do you think this is going to mean for bond markets? As you said earlier, I think markets is really going to place its focus more on what's happening globally. So that's what happens with the Fed. We already saw back in December, I think markets really did get ahead of itself with all the rallies and calling for rate cuts as soon as March. I think that's 
growing more and more unlikely. What really will be guiding is, you know, as the topics we just mentioned, it's all about the economy, it's all about jobs, and you know, ultimately for all the central banks, inflation and getting inflation back down to their target band is the highest priority. And unless we really see confidence in the central banks doing that, I think we're going to get a bit of a mixed market pricing going ahead. I think there'll be a bit of a back and forth, bringing rate cuts forward, bringing rate cuts back, depending on what data comes out. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> uncertainty. The RBA is probably right. It's very hard to, to predict where we're going to go. I, I think in terms of being a bond investor, still good opportunities in bond markets at rates where they are. You know, without hitting into a recession, most sectors are probably going to do fairly well. And I think we'll probably see better levels to buy at over the next couple of months. But but equally, you know, I think longer term, we're going to see rates lower, you know, over the next year to 18 months. Well, that's it for this month. Join us on March 19 when the RBA next meets and we deliver our latest thoughts on the RBA and provide an update on what's been happening in markets. Until next time, stay safe. The Rate Debate podcast content may contain general advice. Before acting on anything in this podcast, you should consider your own objectives, financial situation or needs and seek the advice of an appropriately qualified financial advisor.